Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues, and our guest today is well, it's actually a couple of bands. It's a gentleman named Stevens Blanchard, and he's going to represent the Conniption Fits and Parhelion 13. We'll talk to him about both of those bands and a couple of their songs after we talk a little bit about this, I guess. I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couple's workbook called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone knows, it's in any kind of a relationship is crucial. So while we're speaking, later in the conversation, I mentioned his book again. I said, Two Years After Forever is the name of the book. I told him my brother wrote. She goes, oh, wait, 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 what, what? Your brother's book? I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book. Two entirely different interpretations. In Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that help you form better communicative skills to avoid pratfalls like that one. Along with your partner, learning and applying these exercises will help you get back on track that why two years ago you pledged a life together forever. Two years after forever. Two years after forever.com available at Amazon today and forever. So we had this conversation. Stevens Blanchard is our guest, and he's representing two different bands. And it's not Steve, it's not Steve O, it's not Stevie, it's not Steven, it's Stevens. Stevens plural, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why you're in two bands. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I grew up with Stevie. Everybody from high school still calls me Stevie. And it's funny because I can I can place people and where I know them in my life by what name they they <laughs> scribe to me. Uh, I was Stevie for years through high school. Then I wanted to be Steve, you know, after that, you know, college, you know, somebody in college isn't Stevie. Um, even though now maybe who knows Stevie Ray Vaughn should have st- stuck with it. But, well, he but, already had that one. Stevie wonder, you know, my real name is Stevens, my given name. That's what my parents named me after my, uh, my great grandfather, Charles Stevens Krause. And they, they gave me the the middle name, and I just thought professionally, well, nobody else's name Stevens is the first name. So right, that's pretty cool. cool it's all about marketing, all about positioning, <laughs> <guess>. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And when you're not doing uh, you're not doing music, you're also running one or two radio stations, right? Yeah, one or two. Uh, we have a group that is uh, 22 radio stations strong. Um, yeah, I fall under the the triple uh, a brand manager title so any of those stations that are the triple a format they fall under me and that's adult album alternative okay so I, I i'd like to have you on the show maybe next season or so and talk about that aspect of it because yes. radio yeah. i was in radio 30 years ago and it's so different now and i'd love to hear how uh, like compare our battle stories maybe you know yeah <laughs> Um, as a musician and also as a radio programmer, I kind of walk both sides of the line. I just know I know exactly how difficult it is for an independent artist to to crack through. And and being on the programming side, I, I know why. So yeah, right. it, it, there's a there's a lot of issues there um, and I don't see any great solutions. I mean, you know, we, that's a whole nother. Right. That's what I said. So th- let's have that conversation next time you're on. Because right now I want to focus on you and your your music and your bands and you're you're representing too. So let's take them apart and go one by one. Uh, the conniption fits I want to talk about first, right? Yeah. 
uh, and that's your everybody band. That's when you've got uh, Jamie Hosley, is it? Hosley? Hosley, yep. On bass and Jeff Cenotaro on drums? Yep. Anybody else I'm missing? Or is it a three-piece? Oh, it, no, it's a three-piece. Um, but uh, as everybody says, we sound much bigger than a three-piece. And um, there's a lot of technology involved. Um, uh-huh. Kind of a tech geek. Um, so, you know, all my guitar sounds are two different amps. They're all wide, you know, uh-huh. one amp on the left side, one amp in the right side, you know, delays that go back and forth across. Um, I'm kind of a, a mixing engineer. Yeah. As well. and I mean, you know, it's sort of dra- jack of all trades, master of none. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Myself into that category. Makes your show a lot more fun, though. There was a story oh. years ago with uh, Buffalo Springfield when, Neil Young would be on this side of the stage. Stephen Stills would be on this side of the stage. And I heard uh, uh, Neil Young talking about it once. He's tuning up his guitar. And he said, if you're not tuning all the time, then you end up, like in our case, I was over here and Stephen was over here. And we would both be out of tune with each other. So on one side of the the place, you'd hear one concert. And on the other side, you'd hear another concert. because were... <laughs> yeah. But you've got a master to where you're playing out of both sides, right? But yeah, both sides and and just using two different apps. So there's there's different characteristics that happen. So you can get a bigger presence with one guitar. Yeah. Um, than you could otherwise. Um, other other tricks we use is uh, Jeff on the drums. You know, he's got an SPD SX, which you know I'm talking gear speak, but layman's terms, it just allows him to do other digital sounds with pads uh-huh. in addition to the acoustic drums. So it's not you know, it's not your standard, you know. The acoustic it, drums, the standard drum set when you see the guy up there in the middle of the stage is doing it, getting to do right. his big roll. And then on the side, he's got all kinds of digital different things, digital snares, you know, uh-huh. uh, claps, whatever, sounds, sound effects that can really just flush out a mix. You'll see like a nine piece somebody. Eric Clapton shows up in concert and he's got nine pieces and he's got three people on percussion, you know. One right. guy's a drummer. One guy does all the hand things. The other guy does like the the congas and the djembe or whatever, you know. Which is great, you know, for Eric Clapton, and he's able to afford all those. Other right. Movies. But I'll tell you, at the at the level we're at, you know, we got to figure out a way to do this with honestly as few people as possible, and we we narrowed that down to <laughs> three. And we do use we do play to click tracks, and I know uh, some some musicians poo poo that whole idea, but. I will say if you've ever played to a click track before, and so um, again, non-musicians listening, that's where the drummer will hear this, you know, metronome in mm-hmm. their ear, and uh, you know the keyboard parts or whatever are timed to play throughout the song over that. So we we play with it. If you've okay. never done this, you if you mess up and you make a mistake, you are lost. It's a it's a disaster because the keyboard, you know, the robot keyboard player right. just keeps going on doing what it was going to do and now you're a whole measure off and and it can really ruin a show very quickly so um there's a lot of challenges that come with it but there's a lot of benefits once you get really good at it and it makes you a better musician because your tempo is impeccable now (laughs) with advancement in technology and again using the 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 parallels of radio i used to work at a an am fm for example my first gig was in joplin missouri and we had five six announcers on the fm side and four announcers on the AM side. And you can do that now with one person running a board. So do you sure. see that happening with music that, uh, and I, I see it, I've seen it before. Uh, gentleman we talked about earlier, uh, Pete Peterson, I've seen him do a whole show 
He's got pre-recorded drums, pre-recorded bass lines, mm-hmm. and he can do the whole show just by touching pedals. He's just yeah. got to know when he's got to jump in. He's almost secondary. His performance, I should say, is almost secondary, but he's primary because he's the one that's operating everything. Do you ever see with AI on the horizon, you being phased out of this? <laughs> I, you know, that's a, that's a funny question. I mean, people are going to go to shows and we talked about this earlier. Um, you know, we're the plate spinners, right? Uh, and, and by that, I mean, it doesn't matter how you get people in the seats or how you get people to buy a ticket. Um, right. If you come to the show, th- th- it's the end result that matters. You know, you're, you're selling drinks, you're selling tickets, you know, people are making money again. I right. uh, like to think of ourselves as artists, you know, and money doesn't matter, but you're going to have a very short career uh, if if money truly doesn't matter to you. I, uh, I heard an artist one time say that the guys that say that money doesn't matter are the guys that have already made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and there's your Eric Clapton thing. He can bring nine people. They can yeah. all do stuff in real time, whatever. And that's good for Eric Clapton. I would love to be in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the reality that you know, we're working with to your question of AI is AI going to come in. I can see um, someone like myself, who's, who's really sort of a techno geek. um, The tools aren't there yet, but I can see use of AI in a live situation where you could have something where we're playing to a click track, but the AI is now your, your keyboard track isn't, you know, stagnant. The AI is now able to adapt to what it's hearing you play. Mm -hmm. And maybe that something really cool could happen. Maybe there's like AI improv over live musicians. I mean, that could be on the horizon. That's what I'm thinking, man. I mean, we're really just scratching the surface right now. Yeah, it could be really an exciting thing if people would just, you know, sometimes with new technology, we we like to say, ah, you know, that's cheating or that's, you know, that's not what real music is. Right. But I, again, I, I defy people to to say, well, what is real music? You know, when David Bowie came out, nobody liked him. Yeah. You know, yeah, David Bowie, too weird, too strange. I loved Ziggy Stardust, man. I was Ziggy, my- I but it, but at the time, it was too much, you know, and people sort of poo pooed everything he was doing. That's weird because that's who I, I listened to Mott the Hoople. I listened to Slade. I listened to all the glamour rock. And while my friends were listening to, you know, Jethro Tull and Bad Company or Foreigner at the time or whichever, or Bad Company, I guess then, and uh, Free, you know, bands like that. I was more into like Humble Pie. and Sure. <laughs> you know, and and so so there right there is an example of, uh, you know, the, the sound moving on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and people just not accepting it until – you know, until we get used to it enough to be like, yeah. actually, this is really art- artistically creative. Um, so while I do see the bad side of AI, you know, writing music and they're just spitting out cookie cutter songs that sound like everything else you've heard mm-hmm. and see, especially in a live situation, you know, maybe some really creative uses of AI that does things you don't expect. And I think that's the magic of live music. Yeah, is reaching and doing things you don't expect. I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility of something that AI could, you know, learn to do. Let's get out of this rabbit hole. Let's get back to where we. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the conniption fits. How did you guys all come together? How long have you been uh, doing this uh, as a musician, both as a solo performer and well, I guess we could say professionally. First time you got a dime, you were a professional. So, yeah. Uh, You've been playing since high school, since junior high, since you were uh, in college or what? 
So I've been a professional then, if that's the the criteria. We got paid fifty dollars when I was fourteen years old yeah. uh, to play at our uh, at our high school, and yeah. uh, you know, so I was in a, a high school band since I was a freshman. You know, um, god awful, terrible. You remember but, the uh, name? Out, out, <laughs> out of that came a band called Motor Plant, which um, then uh, just out of high school after a senior, uh, I went to college and. I went to a college very close to where my band was located so I could really do the band thing. I did the yeah. college to make my parents happy. Uh, what's cool <laughs> um, and, and I did the band thing and then we ended up doing national tours and I did uh, six national tours with motor plant where we wow. were, we opened up for uh, people like uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, Seven Mary three was big at that time. Eve six, you know, oh, cool. Some, some of those bands, we were in LA at the same time as uh, Jimmy Eat World. And we were actually competing with a, a label spot for Interscope Records with Jimmy Eat World. And well, uh, you know how history goes. We didn't get the label spot. Um, right. You know, we were good. Uh, the management and the record label we were on at the time wanted to hold out for a million dollars to let us go to, to sign to Interscope. They would have signed us for $250,000 at the most. Um, and as I recall, that just wasn't, they thought they had a better band than that, which again, I felt good about, but at the same point, I really wanted to be on a major label so we yeah. could get, you know, the big break. Long story short, that didn't happen. Uh, that band sort of fell apart in 2001. I link it up with like the twin towers coming down oh. <laughs> band's career, um, took a few years off, had, had, uh, kids, two daughters. And I started the conniption fits as a band the conniption fits was the was the band that i was gonna like do it my way you yeah. know my own record label mm -hmm. which is part in records by the way some of where that comes from my own label my own production my own studio i built everything and started that in 2004 so we're coming up on on 20 years it was a whole different project back then uh, we put our first record out all original music in 2006 uh, we've had four subsequent albums, I believe, a couple singles uh, since then. Uh, our latest one being This Useless Thread, which was our COVID album in uh, 2020. All self-produced by me on uh, you know a label that I started, but right. all uh, that's all kinda cool. Written and produced by uh, the three of us. In that process, do you all? write the songs do you come with lyrics or does somebody else come with lyrics well, or do you come with a lick and you build out from there how do you guys do that uh mostly it's it's all me <laughs> <laughs> um i will write and record the the songs almost as a a finished a pretty finished demo pretty polished demo with uh you know myself just playing you know what i call my crappy bass lines and crappy drums on it <laughs> And uh, those guys will come in and, uh, you know, we'll take a listen to the tracks. We'll decide which ones we're going to flush out entirely as a group. Um, you know, what lyrics need to change, you know, what what parts need to change, what arrangements should be different. But the, the songs are there. We then go re-record bass and drums. And then the other things that need to change and fall into place happen after that fact. Now, the first band that you mentioned, Motor, Motor Band, Motor... I can think of Motorhead now. What is it? Uh, it's Motor Plants. It's like, yeah. yeah. So do you, you have music from Motor Plant that you've put your own twist to under the conniption fits? 
No, I've I've left that stuff as is. That stuff was pretty good, honestly. Uh-huh. You can look it up on Spotify, Amazon, yeah. and here. Uh, if people look up Motor Plant, they can they can hear those songs. Um, you know, we had them on MTV back in the MTV days. Wow. You know, we, we were that close. Uh-huh. Um, it, it was a very frustrating thing. So I, I left the Motor Plant stuff alone. My the, the sound has changed since then. Yeah. Anyway, sort of a little more grown up, a little more adult. And Motor Plant was definitely doing sort of a pop punk thing. I was thinking again, since I'm on this Clapton thing right now. Anyway, uh, he did "For You Accuse Me" on his blues album years ago, but he's also done an acoustic version. It's like revisiting a song a different way. And I thought maybe the yeah. uh, Conniption Fits could do a Motor Plant song that was like maybe heavier and do it reggae or do it acoustic or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it, it's certainly an idea. Um, again, I I am a writer of all those songs, but I I don't own the publishing of any of those. Ah, you know, there's that record label stuff. So. You know, I don't know what the legality of it is. I'm sure I would not get called on it, but you never know. Plus, well, you, I'm, I'm, I'm a forward thinker. I like to, you know, right. you know, represent where I am now in my life. Yeah, you know? so that's something of the past. And yeah. leave that there. But yeah. as, as you get to be my age, you'll realize that you're a composite of all those parts of yeah. that in the past and the present and your future. Yeah, it's really, really too deep for this podcast. <laughs> I know. It's beyond, right? Well, you brought up the song "This Useless Thread," and it's the first song we're going to listen to. Okay. Uh, how was that built? So that that song was one I wrote on acoustic guitar. I mean, yeah. I, I actually um, sometimes you know the best songs. Elton John once said this: you know, if the song doesn't come to him within three minutes, he he trashes it. And and it was one of those songs that just sort of played itself through you know musicians talk about this a long time where you know i don't write songs i'm just like a channel for the thing to come out yeah and yeah you know it it just it it came out it's a very non-standard acoustic guitar chords in there um you know some really tense you know uh flat five seven stuff going on there right right all throughout there but it really works um i think and it became the title track from the record I call them jazz chords because if they're not standards or minors or maybe an occasional sevenths, then it's a jazz chord to me. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's as where I come from, it's not a, it's not a jazz chord. It's definitely a uh, rock chord, but it's something that usually you would end up the resulting chord of two different guitars playing at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, two cu- guitar players are playing different parts. So, and that is often at being in a trio, how I think of guitar is like, how am I going to do two, you know, sound like two guitars? Cause the bass player is Jamie is so good on the bass that I don't have to do the root stuff. Right. Right. So I, I can play all these sort of augmented harmony stuff, voice leading things on top. I don't want to make it sound like I know more than I know because I don't. <laughs> I'm simply hearing things that I want to hear. And then I try and, and reach for that on the guitar. That's fun. Well, this is it. Uh, the conniption fits the first song we're going to listen to and the song we we're just talking about. It's called This Useless Thread. The conniption fits from Lebanon, New Hampshire, here on the Music of America podcast. <laughs> Take my shirt if you want it 
accent on it is me You know, the clothing that you've sewn for me Including these pants at the knee I'll pretend I'm listening I know that matters to you But I'm a captain distracted at sea I'm stuck in your pocket It ruined your vest You know When speaking she comes with a fee Spend all your time digging at weeds She'll pretend she's listening It's what you pay her to do But she's with mountains of pots all you breathe just then A second thought leads my threads to tangle And so it seems Your frayed stitch memories they unravel
This useless thread from the Conniption Fits in Lebanon, New Hampshire, here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back and talk with Stephen Splanchard about the Conniption Fits and another song of theirs. You know, I don't like cats. You probably heard me say that before. I had cats. I don't like them. Now, though, maybe I'd be able to like them a little bit again. Kitty's Litter Box. It's a new innovation to the litter box. It takes away a lot of that which I disliked about the cat, which is mainly the litter box. Kitty's Litter Box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out that litter box, changing it and wiping it. Yeah, you know, all that. You simply open Kitty's Litter Box. And after Kitty's been introduced and done her business for about a month or so, you simply close the box and throw it away. Nothing else. You just close this biodegradable box and throw it away. Kitty's Litter Box, it makes the ease of cleaning the litter box by eliminating the need to clean the litter box. I love it. You just throw it away. So if you love cats, you will love your cat even more with Kitty's Litter Box. Available at kittieslitterbox.com. All lowercase, kittieslitterbox.com. No hyphens, nothing. Kittieslitterbox.com. It's perfect. I saw a smirk there, Stevens. That's a pun, if ever there was one. Uh, Stevens Blanchard, our guest, The Conniption Fits, and Parhelion 13, which we'll talk about. That's a solo project, correct? That's a solo project, yep. Yeah, and we'll talk about that after we wrap up about The Conniption Fits. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about Jamie and Jeff, how you guys met, where you came together, and how you grew from whatever into The Conniption Fits. Yeah, so Motor Plant, as we finished the story, sort of broke up. Around 2001, 2004, started the Conniption Fits. It was total different bands back then, different players. Um, I met Jamie in 2011, I think it was. Um, and our bass player at the time was getting done. And I was looking for uh, this great, best bass player you could possibly find. Yeah. And uh, this one name kept coming up again and again, you know, in our area. It was Jamie Hosley. Oh, you got to call Jamie. Dude, if you can get Jamie to do it, that would be amazing. This, These are things that we that I heard. So I call up Jamie Hosley and I'm like, Dude, love to have you, uh, you know, be in this band. Um, our drummer at the time was uh, Sean Snyder. And uh, we had Jamie over to, to the house and and Sean, Jamie and I just ran through, you know, some of the songs. And it was great. It was like instant chemistry, you know, one yeah. of those moments. Um, and then I proceeded to, uh, you know, drop the uh, list of, you know, 48 songs on Jamie's lab. OK, now you need to have these <laughs> He's like, by Friday, <laughs> you know, this is a Tuesday. I'm like, by Friday, I'm like, you could do it. You could do it. Just do one show with it. He, he wasn't sure he wanted to commit to the schedule. We work a lot. Didn't want to commit to the schedule. Um, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I was like, just play one show. Just play one show. Mm-hmm. Don't like the show. You can walk away. Doors open. And I got him to do that one show. And of course, the turnout was great. It, it was packed, you know, yeah. uh, full of girls. And he was just like, Okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Jamie's been uh, with me ever since. Uh, Sean had, uh, you know, family stuff going on. A lot of things happened in his life where he stepped out of the band uh, about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm so bad at math. I don't know when that might have been. <laughs> it was like 2016, 2015. I, I don't know. Somewhere in there. Um, 2018. He stepped out. Yeah. Yeah, he he stepped out amicably. You know, it was it was a good thing. And um, 
it was recommended we try this this new guy, the, the kid, uh, Jeff Samatar. <laughs> and uh, Jeff joined the band when he first joined. Jamie and I looked at each other and said, oh, you know, he's he's a little bit it's a little bit green. You know, he's got a lot, lot to learn. He was out of Berkeley School of Music. He's a Berkeley drummer. Oh, wow. uh-huh. Total pro on the drums. He was just green with the whole show thing, how to do performance. It's not something you can teach, you right. know? Right. Um, you know, and, and our show is much more than just going up there and playing the parts. If anybody wanted to go see that, you know, it's like, you know, guys playing through songs, not very interesting. You know, it's much more of a show. So we, over the coming year, Jeff really upped his game and he's very much a showman now. Cool. Yeah. And now, six years with us, um, I think the band's better than ever. That's uh, cool. 2020. And where'd you find these guys? You said you heard of Jamie, you heard of Jeff. How'd you find them and how'd you? So we're from New Hampshire, right? It's your New Hampshire uh, podcast. Um, our little Upper Valley area is, is you know, it's a tight-knit musician community. Um, uh-huh. Jeff is actually from the uh, hour and a half away down in Manchester, New Hampshire, Goffstown. He would mm-hmm. like to, but um, he, if you're looking for a great musician, you put out there, you know, especially with social media now, I need, you know, this person, right. you know, right drummer who's available and can make this commitment, look at the schedule, wants to make this money and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the, somebody usually will be found. I mean, it's hard, but people talk, you know? Yeah was uh recommended to us it just happened to be the right time in his life to join a project like what we had going and we just had a need for exactly his skill set so it worked out <laughs> no i haven't seen it in the west coast i've heard about it in the west coast i've heard it in kansas and i've seen it a little bit in kansas but i really see it and hear it a lot in the northeast of how musicians collectively really are supportive of each other they're really pushing each other and embracing and helping each other up it's really really cool because my music experience as limited as it is as a performer in the missouri side or in the midwest it's pretty cut uh cutthroat it's like yeah where, where, where are you playing over here why what are they paying you why you know why <laughs> they want to steal your gig you know and uh instead of saying hey let's help each other let's let's like we were talking earlier you know how we uh uh we undervalue our, our talents. We undervalue ourselves, you know? And I think from that space, there's, there comes a lot of undercutting in some markets. And it's not exclusive here. It's just, that's my experience here, but I've heard this from other musicians cause I'm you know all over the country talking to people, but it's really cool, especially in the Northeast, how everybody seems to lift everybody, each other up. I, I think that's a very important thing. I mean, this job is, is hard enough as it is yeah. without, trying to cut each other down um i've always been a big proponent in a rising tide lifts all ships Uh, i've actually gone so far as i've started a i have a facebook group that i started it's called upper valley musicians united it's a very specific small group we call this area of vermont new hampshire the upper valley Mm -hmm. Um, and really what i try to do with that group is help you know starting musicians or even uh, veterans like myself to to not only connect with one another, but to also put the pressure on these bars to pay more, to to make sure that that people aren't undervaluing their talent, you yeah. know, make sure that those numbers are out there, sort of like this unspoken thing. But 
you know, if a bar is is underpaying musicians, I want the other musicians to know that. And then, you know, not necessarily not go there, but to definitely put the pressure on them, you know, that right. that you can make more elsewhere. We you know? we found a place one time here in Missouri, and I get what you're saying. It's the same thing. There was a place, and I won't say the name of the place, but he was paying his bands, cover bands, like uh, 50 bucks a man. It's insane. Like, yeah. And, and so I got him, I got him to go from, so it would be like, you know, 250, 300 bucks, you know, and I got him to pay us a hundred bucks a man. Okay. And then he was getting success. So we went up to six and we got up to seven fifty. And then on uh, new year's, he's like, you know, I'm paying you a lot of money. I said, well, you know, there's other shows we can do on new year's. He goes, don't you dare. Yeah. And then he finally started meeting our price, but it took time and it took outside pressure because other guys that I knew like, well, how much you guys making over there and so on and so forth. I just, you got to go in it, got to, got to shoot high, you know? Well, where I start the tactic with the conniption fits is you just lay your price there. Um, you know, we're booked, we're fully booked. Mm -hmm. So I mean, any artist that has a full slate of shows, then automatically, if you have no availability, right, you yeah. price, just don't be afraid to say no. Um, and we've had shows where we, we name our price and it is a lot more than you would think you would ever pay for a trio. But again, I, I don't look at it as per man. I look at it as per show. Yeah. So yeah. We're bringing a full light show that does, you know, really cool concert stadium level things. Um, it's all timed with the music. Everything is perfect. Right. We're so, doing a whole production, the whole production. Um, and it costs money, you know, so whatever the, the bars number is, you know, we, I, I send them a number and, and sometimes they say no. And I go, okay, well, thank you very much. You know, call me when you're ready to negotiate, right. you know, ready to come to the table and they'll say no. And it'll be two weeks later and I'll get that email or phone call and they'll go, all right, let's give it a shot. You know, whatever. Yeah, and I go, yeah. and we put our marketing arm into, you know, we promote all our shows. You know, we make sure that word is out. We go, we do the show and then, all of a sudden, before you know it, they want to book, you know, regular intervals of the whole next year. Mm -hmm. So it worked for them. The, the proof is in the pudding of, you know, it, we brought it to the table. The show happened. You know, they're slinging beers at, at $10 a beer. Yeah. You know, and I, I actually used this analogy with a, a band the other day. I'm like, how many extra beers could you sell if your band was there? Could you sell 100 extra beers? Yeah. That's that's a thousand dollars for them right there. Your band's a thousand dollars, right? And that's their break-even point. You know, it, right? It, well, I used to say this when I was in the pest control business. Okay, and like we want to cut back on some service. All right, the knife that you're going to use to cut that price is also going to cut back on service. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, my argument is that um, for three guys, it sounds like a lot. I say, well, we can always go play somewhere else. You know, we can play your competitor. Yeah. Um, and that usually puts the fear of God into them because they know we, I, we're in a, a great position of having a draw, having a following where right. we go. Um, so us going across the street would be worse, <laughs> you know, For so. them, right. And, and, and the one thing we're missing in all this, and we're, we're kind of in the business side of this, but you got to also be able to back it up. I can speak to that as we have other bands in the area who, you know, great bands don't know, you know, ill will against them, but they will say, well, we're just as good as the conniption fits. You know, we should command the same price, but then they go 
and they show up in cargo shorts. Yeah. You know, they got sandals and cargo shorts on stage. They're taking three minutes between songs. And while they may think we're just as good as the Conniption Fits, and they may be technically. Yeah. That's not the whole pack. They didn't have the light show. They didn't have, you know, a real crisp PA that sounded right. That was acoustically tuned. The details aren't there. So from even from a musician standpoint, we're just as good as them, but they're not understanding the packet, like the whole. Right, right. Yeah. So Stevens, you brought up sound. So because you've got so much technical or so many technical elements to the conniption fits, do you have a tech guy that goes with you or do you guys do your own sound check? Do you guys run your own board? I am the tech guy, the tech guy. If you go to our website, conniptionfits.com, I've actually put out a blog on there, um, Music Geek Speak, and it's still from a couple of years ago, but I laid out exactly how I do it with the technology you can have now, the digital boards, you can recall uh, mixes. So you can you know, have a, what I call a set it and forget it mix that you can recall every every single time, make a few adjustments to for that room and uh-huh. boom, good to go. Um, we're also using a lot of tricks on on the floor. So there's different pedals where I can time my vocal delays, you know, doubling, a harmony, all right. these things on and off in real time. Same with the guitar, choruses, whatever. It's all about setting up, maximizing your chance of success using the technology that's available. And and I'm a huge tech guy, so I use every ounce of technology I can to elevate our show experience to that of a you know, nationally touring concert act yeah. with three guys. So let me ask you this. So uh, you call Jamie and Jeff into the room and say, guys, we've made it. This is what happened. What is the it that happened that defines you've made it? I, you know, I've asked myself that question uh, a million times and maybe I think I have made it. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm making a living. I'm perfectly happy. I, I'm do I'm playing shows, you know, we're making great money. It's a real thing, you know. I've I've made it. Um where would I like to take it? I would like to be doing uh, you know, bigger and bigger rooms. But I think that's that's really it. For me, live is everything. Yeah. I, I love studio recording, I love, you know, writing music, but I really love playing, you know, really syncopated live shows, big audiences with you know, syncopated light show, just sure. Vibe. The, the the performance versus the song. Yeah, exactly. The next song uh, we're going to listen to is called "Harder Than It Is." What what is it that's harder than it is? Uh, some people like to make life harder than it is. That's what this song is all about. Um, yeah. you, you don't have to shave the cat; you can just enjoy its fur. You know, <laughs> you don't. I have love to. that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that was an old cake lyric. Um, really. <laughs> you know, the band cake and i mean it sticks with me there there are people and and throughout my life i've run into people who just make things harder than they have to be why are we having a meeting about this this could have been an email (laughs) it's that whole attitude radio station i worked at in kirksville uh we had a meeting once their sales manager said if we knew this was going to be a problem so long ago why did we wait till now to overreact Relax, it's just life. Nobody died, you know. That's right. Well, it's a great, just a great line, the title alone. And the song is really good. And, and we and I want to touch on this real quickly, and then we'll talk about your solo work. But listening to this song, and and we talked about this off off camera, but the 
you really sounded like somebody and you said you could compare it a lot to which artist or which band uh well green day yeah yeah billy joel right uh, and it, it, when i listened to it i thought boy that sounds so familiar because it's music from beyond my era you know i grew up in the 60s and 70s and my kids would listen to like you, you brought up cake and they'd listen to bush or whomever you know bands of that era uh my chemical romance was you know those kinds of music or musicians whatever that style is or those musicians of that era and so you have a vocal style that reminded me of someone I couldn't na- put my finger on it. And you, you nailed it when with uh, Billy Joe Armstrong yeah. spoke, it said Billy Joel, it's Billy Joe yeah, right. it's the lead guy from, from green day. Yeah. I get, I get that a lot, even though I don't think that, that this song particularly is any green day related. It's much Just, more, I don't know. There's something about the vocals. I don't know. We'll yeah. listen to it and get other people's opinions, but the song is called harder than it is. The band is the Knipchen Fitz from Lebanon, New Hampshire, here on the Music of America podcast. Have you just a second to remind me of your thinking? Didn't we both say we'd be a bit clearer speaking? Sideways as your glances Find me in a striking posture As if on purpose As if I tried As if I care Dollar bills and guns Nothing else stricken from these plans Recalling your loans My friend Harder than 
smarter than it is from the conniption fits here on the music of america podcast and our guest is stevens blanchard we're going to talk about stevens solo work in a uh, a group he calls i guess parhelion 13 we'll talk about that i've a custom-made handmade acoustic guitar i've named margaret with a tonal quality of a name brand high-end guitar who shall remain nameless this baby fits my hand perfectly with its mahogany neck it glides easily when i play but what i love most is her low end sustain i think it's probably still ringing from the first open e chord i ever played when i first got her well she was built for me by joe mendel at joe mendel's frets one of the sponsors here on the music of america podcast at maple bridge and fretboard a veneer zircote headstock I think it's the spruce body that really gives us its resonance and its sustain. It's a beautiful looking, beautiful sounding guitar, all custom made for me by Joe Mendel from Joe Mendel's Frets, www.joemendelsfrets.com. Stevens Blanchard, and uh, now we're going to shift gears briefly and talk about Parhelion 3, and it's a solo act. Parhelion uh, 13, thir Parhelion 13, I'm sorry, Parhelion 13 written in roman numerals x i i i right right but it still reads 13 <laughs> sure and unless you go by parhelion x i i i yeah sure <laughs> um it's a it's a solo act it's a synth wave project which i don't know are you hip to synth wave in the genre no not really so i don't know if it's a recent thing but it was something that that i discovered that a, a label somewhere around 2015, somewhere like that, have been put to this new music from the 80s. And that's really the idea. It's new 80s synthesizer-based music. Okay. Uh, we'll call it Outrun or Vaporwave or, you know, Joywave or, or all these different waves, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dark wave. Synthwave is, is a thing. It's um, sort of based, loosely based on video game music, Outrun. Uh, the old, you know, driving games would have, you know, these soundtracks. Oh, okay. Well, it, I'm not sure how it started, but it started to come uh, back in vogue as sort of a underground thing. There's other bands out there to check out like the midnight or gunship doing some of this music. It really struck me because as a child, a very young child in the eighties, this, this music, instantly resonated with me so it's, a lot of it is is instrumental it's like duran duran tracks if you will yeah yeah without the vocal um there's very few synthwave bands actually that that have the vocal on it so a lot of it's just sort of a, a vibe a, mm -hmm. a instrumental soundtrack um i wanted to add to this genre and i just started by uh creating music you know, uh, with vocals and guitar in the synthwave genre. Huh. Just, and it just comes to you. It, you don't... It, yeah, it's just sort of something that happened. I put the two songs out, which is what you have now. Uh, I See Through You is one of the songs, and Less Than Clean is the other one. I do have uh, something like 18 other songs in various disrepair. Wow. That, that <laughs> I released, you know, when I when I get around to finishing them out. I'm I'm horrible about starting songs and projects and just not finishing them because I never get the right lyric or it just something doesn't feel right and I put it away and then I put it away for too long. And I, yeah. I where I was. 
for some reason, while you were explaining that, this vision came to my mind. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Fame? Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. When, when the students are first getting there and the orchestra is all set up and this one guy walks in and he says, I don't need that. I've got my own orchestra. And he sets up this big Moog synthesizer yeah. and he just, he creates this whole big sound. It starts with just one note and he builds this entire orchestration of sound. It's amazing. And that's yeah. what I just, when you were talking about that, that's the, the image that came through my mind. That is, I guess, that that is something that that we're doing just with you know computers and technology. Um, there's so many great sounds out there, and a lot of them I'm using retro synth sounds. So we're trying to like Moog stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and a lot of these are in the box. I could never afford the actual you know wall right. of synthesizers here in the studio. Um, um, but you can get emulations of all these great synths, and there are characteristic sounds about them that I think hit that nostalgia button at least for me um so i just love to do this style of music you know for fun i i, I haven't made a penny <laughs> i was gonna it. say where would this- parhelion 13 play i don't see you at the local uh yeah you know, down at the local bar for example i've had you know visions of this really elaborate stage show with syncopated lights and we would use computers to line up all the lights to exactly what the musics have i've had this dream of it but it will never come to fruition because again that's the artistic side of me i could never make that worthwhile (laughs) well as as the conniption fits starts to open for you know international bands you can right. say, well, you can write a, a writer clause in there that uh, Parhelion 13 has oh. to do 15 minutes. We'll do 50 minutes of the show. Okay. <laughs> Is there a way that anything that you do with Parhelion 13 could cross over to the conniption fits? Um, I'm trying to keep them separate. I mean, again, it's me and then me, right? Um, right. The idea is separate. So, like when I write a song, it's like, oh, that's a Conniption Fitz song. You know, that goes in that pile. Mm-hmm. And then it's a Parhelion 13 song that goes in that pile. So that way, you know, my scatterbrain, I can actually sort of, you know, solidify and refine the sound of, you know, when somebody is in the mood for the Conniption Fitz, they can go there and know what yeah. they're going to, you know, when they're in the mood for Parhelion 13, they can go there. They know what they're going to get, not, you know, be surprised with, all one or the other change. <laughs> <laughs> well i was thinking of uh crosby stills nash and young or works the emerson lincoln palmer works album came out back in the 70s where it was emerson lincoln palmer but then it was a four album set one album was keith emerson one was greg lake and one was carl palmer and then the fourth album was them doing stuff all together and i thought you know because they're individual styles i mean uh emerson was playing like concerto stuff you know, on a harpsichord or whatever, you right. know, and then Palmer is playing, you know, just beating the hell out of his drums on everything, you know, <laughs> but then they came together and they had the sound of Emerson Lincoln Palmer. So right. they each had their individual sounds, but they also came together. I guess I, yeah, this, this relates to a, to a certain extent. Yeah. Let's give it a listen. Shall we? The song we got is called I see through you. This is one of the two you just mentioned, right? Anything you want to say about it? Uh, simply, uh, the lyric is just, you know, I, I see through all your BS. <laughs> I think it's pretty Funny. self. It's in a nutshell. Well, Stevens Blanchard in this, uh, sound experiment sound, uh, boy, the sound cornucopia that we call Parhelion 13. Okay, we'll go with How that. about that? 
I see through you here on the Music of a Miracle podcast. Have your guns, sink your ships, rich your teeth, and lick your lips. It's a breeze, don't you know it? Tuck me in, see me die, make some room, taste your life. Helium 13 on the Music of America podcast, and the common denominator between that and the conniption fits has been our guest today, Stevens Blanchard. Stevens, this is my favorite part of the show because we call it shameless self-promotion, and you can talk as much as I can, so that's great. This is where you get to promote any shows coming up, any CDs coming up, whether it's for you or for Parhelion 13. Uh, tell us what's coming up, what's on the horizon, what can we look forward to in in uh 1924 oh my gosh 2024 yes 2024 if you can believe we're here um 
Yeah, coming up, I, I'm really good at shameless self-promotion. So go to our website, conniptionfits.com. You'll see all the shows listed out there. I think I got everything on the books. Um, it's all laid out. Uh, pick shows you want to go to. Uh, a couple shows of notes. Um, we're going to be doing the Newport Opera House that's in Newport, New Hampshire. We're going to be doing that on the 10th for their winter carnival. That actually should be a great show. Um, they're selling tickets for that at uh, Newport Opera House. I think that's newportoperahouse.org. Um, and then our Masquerade Ball, which we do every year, that is going to be on March 2nd. That's always a sellout show. Uh, Where's that? Where's that? that? At the Fireside Inn in West Lebanon, New Hampshire. And uh, to that, there's lots of masquerades that popped up since we've been doing this, but the Conniption Fits have been doing a masquerade for 10 years now. Um, I like to think we are kind of like the original masquerade ball, and we always time it right around Mardi Gras. So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun that way. Um, and again, there's too many shows to mention. We're playing uh, a lot. I think we've got something like 100 shows on the books for wow. 2020. You can see all 100 shows. If you go to conniptionfits.com, as far as Barhelion 13 is concerned, just listen to the song. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Take care about Just uh, pull it up on Apple Music or uh, Spotify. And again, the, Conni- the Conniption Fits and all our original stuff's on Apple Music or Spotify. And if you want to really support the band, show up to a show and uh, say merch. What kind of merch do you uh, promote at a show? You have, uh, we've got a limited hot sauce that is my recipe. Oh, no kidding sauce that we had made for us by angry goat pepper company which is amazing um hot sauce company in bradford vermont uh so i worked with this recipe with uh with jason parker from angry goat pepper cup we developed something that actually won a few awards it's kind of cool that's pretty neat and you have your label on it huh yeah our label on it yep ghost pepper or how hot like on a is this one of those so it's a ghost pepper with uh, fire roasted habaneros. Oh and man, sounds good. It's absolutely delicious. My uh, son-in-law goes to these hot sauce places where they have you have to sign a, a waiver, you know, <laughs> and they have things under lock and key for you to I try them. Orleans, where you you would do that if you wanted to try this this hot sauce or that hot sauce. They had a big venue in New Orleans where you could just walk in and they have chips ready to go. His name is on the wall there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's pretty there's a place in St. Charles outside of St. Louis that uh was like that too. They had uh a cabinet about the size of a an old box TV, you know, and it was under lock and key. Just they didn't want anybody accidentally trying something, you know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty potent stuff. Steven, this has been fun. Uh and what's the website again? The conniptionfits.com. It's just conniptionfits.com. If you put in the conniption fits, any old spelling you can give it, uh, Google is great at finding it. We are the top hit. So, okay. Yeah. And that's where we'll find you and support you and going forward. Hope to see you sometime in the summer, man. We'll be in Vermont in April through probably November. We go to Maine, usually go through the Kangamanga. So the last year we went north of what, uh, Washington, I guess the white mountains went north to get over to Bahava. Like my hat says, Bahava. The, the keg. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to be like in Burlington. We, so in the summer, we head down to York, Maine, Lobster in the Rough is a place we're going to be playing down there. Uh, Portsmouth Gaslight in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh-huh. Spunny Brewery at, uh, in Spunny, uh, in Hampton, 
New Hampshire, and the Red Barn Brewery. That's closer to you. That's in Danville, Vermont. Uh-huh. Some of the places that we frequent quite a bit through the summer. That's uh, about an hour from my house. Cool. You know Red Barn? I've driven by there and been curious to go call on. I've, I've talked to people that have played there. Oh, Red Barn. I'm, th- I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking of the Zen Barn. Zen Barn is the one that's down by Stowe. Yeah. You're in Danville. Danville, I know where Danville is. <laughs> Our brewery will be there June 15th. But again, conniptionfits.com for all things. Yeah. Sounds so. good. Stephen Blanchard, thank you so much. Our guest today with the Conniption Fits and Parhelion 13. Up next, we're going to Salem, New Hampshire. Visit with a duo called Birch Hill. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.